This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. (laughs) You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you eat bananas the wrong way? Do you spray cologne on the bus? Do you forget to tip your hairstylist? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose-bouche. Let's get in it. So for today's moose-bouche, I want to talk about bananas. I feel like it was so straightforward until I now know that it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So the question today is, how should you eat a banana? Do you use your hands to peel it? Should you use a knife and fork? And if you peel it, which end do you start from? I mean, I'm just going to say what I do and then we can figure out why it was wrong. (laughs) Okay, let's start there. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to hand you a banana. Leah, please eat this banana. I'm just going to peel it from the top where it connects to the bunch. Boom. Okay. From the stem end. The stem end is how I'm going to peel it. And sometimes you got to get a knife because it's wild, but normally I would just use my, my hands. So the stem end is actually the bottom of the banana based on how it actually grows. But we'll set that aside for a moment. The part that connects to the bunch? Yeah, that's at the bottom of the banana. If you look at a banana tree and a banana growing, that's the bottom of the banana. The top of the banana is like the black part. So Did I just blow your mind? (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, bananas grow that way. Oh, wow. The stem is on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... I feel like life just changed. Your life will forever be bifurcated by this moment. (laughs) It's going to be like Gwyneth Paltrow in Sliding Doors, before (laughs) and after. Yeah. So people have a lot to say about bananas. And there is a bit of variation based on American banana eating and European banana eating, believe it or not. So everyone agrees that if it's informal, we're at a picnic, it's children, you're alone. You can do whatever you want. You can eat it with your hands. Even Emily Emily Post, even she will agree, if it's a snack, you can use your fingers to peel it and you can eat the banana that way. So I think which end you start with is kind of like the toilet paper roll question. Most people, myself included, I go from the stem end because that's just like what I grew up doing. I find it easier. I prefer it. And also I don't like that little black thing in the bottom that sometimes catches 
uh, at the the very end of the banana. Yes. You know, that's part of the flower. So I don't like that. I use the stem. Some people say that the other way, the reverse way to how most of us do it, is preferred and, quote, easier. And you can try it yourself. I tried it this morning. I didn't think it was better. Some people argue that monkeys eat it that way, and so therefore that's how we should do it. And I just want to stop everybody right there. Monkeys don't eat bananas in the wild. Like, that's not a thing. And also, since when is the monkey way of doing anything the way we should be doing anything? So, like, I don't know why we look to monkeys for how we should eat our food. But, so, Miss Manners has weighed in on this question, and she says you can do it either way. So, either way you want to start from the banana, have at it. So, okay, fine. We've now peeled our banana. So, now the question is, how do we eat the banana out of the peel when it's informal? And most of the etiquette greats say that you have to manually break off a piece of banana with your fingers and then eat it with your fingers. You're not allowed to eat the banana directly from the banana. I mean, I feel like there should be a little bit of room for negotiation because it makes such a nice holder if you just keep it in the banana. It's like a cone. Yes, you keep it in the cone with one hand, but then you break off the pieces of the banana with your other hand. This is what people say you should do. No, I understand that. But I'm saying you could also just hold it and eat it if you maybe you have something in your other hand. Right. Yeah. I guess it's sort of equivalent to can I eat ice cream out of a cone or do I have to eat ice cream and then also use a spoon? To eat ice cream out of the cone as well. Right. And which I think, no, you don't need to use a spoon. Right. I personally have no problem just like if it's a casual snack, I'm on the go, running to the gym, I'm going to eat a banana just like how we all eat bananas, straight from the banana. I'm not going to actually get my hands dirty by touching the banana. Yeah. Like the actual banana fruit part and then putting it in my mouth. Like, I don't want that. So I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with... Amy and Emily and Letitia. But yes, they say that you should (laughs) manually break off little pieces of banana and then eat it with your fingers. Okay, fine. So when things get a little more formal, though, this is when the advice gets a little more muddled. So Amy Vanderbilt, she says that she will allow you, when you're seated, to break off pieces of banana like you would uh, if it was more informal. So she'll allow you to do that at a table. Or she says, quote, particularly in Europe, you would use a fruit knife and a fruit fork. And you would then cut the banana through the peel into, quote, manageable lengths. And then you would use your knife and fork to peel each section and then eat it with a fork. So this requires you to have a fruit knife and a fruit fork, which, I mean, who has these things? Like, who needs these things? And a lot of extra time. You would also have to have a lot (laughs) of extra time. And Letitia Baldridge, normally I'm on board with her, but she says that you remove the skin from the banana And then you put that on the side of your plate and then you cut the banana up with your fork and knife and you do all of that and then you eat the banana. And that feels like you're actually like carving up your steak all together (laughs) before you eat it. Like you're preparing it, like you're like making a meal for a child. And I don't think we want to do that. Like we're not going to cut an entire banana and then eat it. Although it doesn't, it seem strange to like slice off one little disc of a banana and then eat that and then go back for another slice. Like that also seems insane. But she says you prepare your entire banana, you cut the whole thing on your plate and then you can eat it with your fork. But then let's turn to Miss Manners as we so often do. So she says that in America, bananas are generally a snack. And so we just eat them like snacks and you can use your hands. And if we eat fruit at a table, usually it's already peeled and cut for us. Like we're not doing that ourselves in the United States. So in Europe though, she does agree that formal banana eating does require doing the entire operation with a fruit knife and a fruit fork. But she says, quote, trust Miss Manners, you don't want to hear about it. And I think what she's basically saying is that like formal banana eating is ridiculous. And she's right. It is. And you know, if she thinks it's ridiculous, it's really ridiculous. Also, it's like a 
It's already so packaged so perfectly to eat on the go. Why would you work against its nature? Oh, philosophical. Yes. Very deep. That's a very deep question. Yes. Don't <laughs> fight the inherent nature of the banana. But also, who is serving bananas at a formal meal? Like, who is this person? I don't know. Where is this happening? I think there was a time when bananas were new. Like, I think they hit the United States at the end of the 1800s. I think there was a World's Fair where there was like the first banana tree that was on public display and everybody went wild for it. (laughs) And the idea of shipping fruit across oceans on boats was like an insane thing. So I think if you were very wealthy, you had the opportunity to get your hands on some bananas and you wanted to serve them and impress your guests, then... Okay, yes, now it is a formal meal where we are serving bananas. Okay, fine. But cut to today, uh, bananas, 79 cents a pound. I don't think uh, we are serving them at a dinner party. So it's all moot, but if you want to know how to do it, this is what you have to do. If you're in Europe and you see a fruit knife and a banana, (laughs) you now know. It's bananas. It is bananas, (laughs) B-A-N-A-N-A-S. And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Deep massage. Yes. (laughs) Today, I want to talk about getting a massage, a professional massage. So Leah, have you had a professional massage? Yes, I've had many. Okay. Yeah, me too. It's definitely one of my favorite things. I I enjoy it. Uh, I need it. All this editing of these uh, podcast episodes, you know, makes my (laughs) neck very tense. So you need somebody to get in there. Absolutely. But I think a lot of people would love to have a massage, but are maybe a little nervous about the idea because they don't know what to do. They don't want to embarrass themselves. They feel like they're going to be judged. They don't know what to expect. So let's talk about it because let's make people feel comfortable. Yes, let's. Well, let's start with just uh, arrival. I think we want to arrive on time because I think if there's one thing to know about getting professional massage is that these people watch the clock like no other professional. Like not not even NASA is watching a countdown clock as closely (laughs) as a massage therapist. And that's fine. I mean, time is money and their time is valuable. And I get that. But it is really true. Like that massage, it is on time. And as soon as that second hand sweeps to the minute when your massage is over, their hands are off of you and they've timed it perfectly. It's over. Yeah. It's just like they're done. And they're like, I'll see you outside. (laughs) So I think you just want to make sure you are on time because you should not expect that if you arrive late, for you to get the entire massage experience still. Like, that's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. I agree. And I think you want to shower, you know, uh, pretty clean, showered. I think that's a nice courtesy to your your massage therapist. Yeah, that was my first note. Have showered. Yeah, and like you want to minimize anything that is uh, creating unnecessary smells. Colognes, perfumes, nicotine, vaping. I think we want to kind of minimize all of that. Yeah, because you're in a very small room with each other. If you're unfamiliar, you go into a small room. Uh, yes. I mean, I guess, does anybody think you're having a massage in like an airplane hangar? Well, I don't know. If you if people haven't been to one before, they may think it's like a... I have been to massages where it was like a huge... Where like tons of people were in the same room. Oh, like what? In Chinatown. Oh. A lot of people were in the same room and they were like very deep, deep tissue massages. We were all just like lined up on tables. Oh, okay. So I think one of the things on my list is like nakedness, yes or no. So what was the clothing situation in this group massage room? Well, there were towels dropped, you know, in between. There were like sheets dropped in between each person. But I mean, you could hear everybody. We were I would say we were all in underwear. Okay, so I think you can strip down to nothing. You can wear underwear. I think the key is that you want to just do what makes you comfortable, because I think the goal of the massage is for you to actually like relax. So if you want to leave your T-shirt on, like have at it. I think that's also fine. Uh, I don't think you want to necessarily wear 
like a Gore-Tex rain slicker, but you know. <laughs> yeah, if you have a snowsuit on, it's going to impede the massage. It will definitely be harder, yes, to get really in there. But yeah, I think you should just wear whatever makes you comfortable. And depending also what you are going there for or what you're interested in them working on, like you may just not want to wear clothing around like whatever area that is. So, you know, if you have an upper back issue, then you might want to not have your shirt on kind of idea. In that vein of if you have a specific area, feel free to tell them, oh, my my lower back is particularly bothering me or my right shoulder hurts. So they know where to focus. Yeah. I mean, they're not mind readers. So they definitely want to know. Although I have been in massages where like they could tell my body was reacting (laughs) in a certain way when they like hit a certain spot. So I think there is probably some feedback that they can get without you telling them. But it is much easier if you just explain like, what are you there for? What do you want them to focus on or not focus on? Yeah. And definitely pressure. This will be a question that comes up. And your idea, I think it's like Thai spice. You know, when you go to a Thai restaurant, they're like, how spicy do you want it? And your idea of like medium and theirs could be very different. And so similar to massages, you know, like your medium pressure may be a very different idea than theirs. So even if you say like medium at the beginning of the massage, if it is not correct, it needs to be dialed up or down. Like you could absolutely say something during your massage. Yeah, I think everybody's there for the same goal. They would love it for you to get what you want and you're looking for your best experience. And do you ask for a man or a woman massage therapist? Woman. Okay. Yeah, I think you will be asked and I think there's no wrong answer there. It's whatever you're comfortable. I actually go to places that I knew were all all ladies. Well, how do you feel about talking during the massage? You know, I've definitely had massages where they're chatty. Oh, I've had some chatty people too. Yeah, I don't care for that. <laughs> I didn't think you did. <laughs> if I had to guess before you said. I know. So weird. What? Nick doesn't like that? Yeah. And I have said in a very nice, polite, non-judgmental way, like, oh, I'm sorry. I was, I, I would just rather have a more meditative experience or whatever I said. I said it very nicely though, which was basically shorthand for like, can you please stop talking? <laughs> right. <laughs> And I have been places where they also play music, which was like the wrong music. I used to go to this one woman who was really into yacht rock. Do you know about yacht rock? No. Oh, yacht rock. Yeah, yacht rock. Yes. Yeah, I know yacht rock. I've seen the commercials. (laughs) So yacht rock, it's actually one of my favorite musical genres. If you're not familiar, it's kind of that era from like 1976 to 1984. Think of the Doobie Brothers, What a Fool Believes or Heart to Heart by Kenny Loggins. Like those songs, (laughs) I'll post links to those in the show notes so you can follow along. But like, it's very smooth rock that you might want to enjoy on your yacht. And so this one woman, she was all about yacht rock. And it feels like it would be the right massage music, but for me, it just like was not. Because like the lyrics, if you actually have time to listen to the lyrics of these songs, not relaxing. Like they're just ridiculous. And so it's like, oh, this is taking me out of the moment. So uh, you can also request different music or different whale sounds or different rainforest or whatever you want. Like, don't feel like you got to get stuck with the yacht rock. <laughs> I, I also, as you said that I've, I've had two very different kinds of massages. One is where I just need to like relax and you want that mm-hmm. sort of like, as you said, whale sounds or maybe a rainforest with like a, a bell from far away. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Um, but then yeah. I have other things where you, well, I'm showing up and we need to work something out. Right. True. 
Yeah, that's more like a, a sports massage <laughs> yeah. versus a spa massage. Yeah, because I was thinking about this woman that I, who was fantastic and I used to go to who was a sports person. And she definitely played like more like an album of like a guitar person, but it actually fit what we were doing because it was usually like trying to like remove a huge, one huge knot. You know what I mean? So we were like going in. It was like teamwork. We we're going to realign my back. You know what I mean? So acoustic guitar felt like the right soundtrack for this? Yeah, it felt like we were all just going to kind of like get in there, you know? Okay. <laughs> but then where you're like, I'm just here to relax, kind of a... Right. Then you're like, can I get the whale sounds? Yeah, a little more cetaceous. Obviously, I'd be like, can I get the whale sounds? That's how I would say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never walk in and I'm like, hey, let's get this one. Whale sounds. What, what? <laughs> so... So uh, speaking of different types of massages, that leads me to tipping. So I think whether or not you tip or not depends on the type of environment you're in. So if this is like a physical therapy office and it's a medical massage where there's like insurance billing codes, then you actually typically would not tip on that because that's really more of a medical experience. But if it's more of a spa massage, then yes, you absolutely need to tip. You cannot not tip. And some people would say 15%. I think 20% is sort of where you need to start. 20% is perfectly acceptable. You can even dial it up to 25 if it was like incredible. But I think that's the zone, at least for me. Yeah, I think when I am like, I need a massage, I look at the price and I add the tip in. If I can't afford the tip, then I can't do it. You know what I mean? It has to be a part of the deal because these people give it their all. Well, that's a good approach to everything that involves tipping. Like if you can't afford the dinner with the tip, then you shouldn't go. Yes. Like the tipping is part of, you gotta, you have to tip. You gotta budget the tip. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't not tip. Yeah. I just think of it as like a price of the massage. I don't, don't be like, oh, it's only a $30 massage. You're like, no, it's 30 plus whatever. Right. 36 if we're doing the math. So if you are using a coupon, you need to tip on the pre-coupon amount, by the way. So if you got a 20% off coupon, like what you're tipping on still needs to like be the full amount. So like, please don't discount your tip by the coupon amount too. Good point to bring out. And same thing with gift certificates. I think a lot of people get gift certificates for massages and that's a very nice gift. I, I would certainly enjoy that. Feel free to send me those. Our PO box is on our website. But um, <laughs> if you use a gift certificate, very often the tip is sort of not going to be included in that. Like that's just going to be for the massage. So you also need a tip if you're using a gift certificate. Yes. And then the last thing on my list was just like, it's okay to drool and snore. Yeah. I think that's okay. There's a lot of drooling. Like when, you're, when you're over on it, you just can't. I mean, it's not a lot of drooling, Leah. But I mean, any drooling, as far as I'm concerned, is a lot of drooling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anything, anytime that you go and you're like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if there's a, a puddle, I mean, okay. Maybe look into that. <laughs> it's <Right>. a puddle. <laughs> I also think like I've definitely had people that made me uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that definitely can happen. Sure. Don't go back there. <laughs> well, I also, before you even get there, like if something is making you uncomfortable, it is perfectly fine to say something in the moment. I don't think we need to endure being uncomfortable. And that goes for the pressure is too much or it's painful or something is happening or said that makes you uncomfortable. Like uh, there's no need to just stick around just to be quote unquote polite. So definitely, if you feel like something's not right. Pop off that table. Yeah. Say something. Get out of there. Yeah. And as a reminder, I think health and safety always trumps etiquette. So yeah, don't don't feel like you're obligated just to stick around because you don't want to offend them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's massages. Did I miss anything, Leah? I think a big one is to remember to turn your phone off. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, I didn't mention that because like, of course you would. But I guess people don't. 
I think probably people check email like throughout their entire massage. Or they forget that maybe the notifications are on or something's on and it's like beeping. Oh, that. Yeah. Like turn it off, off. Yeah. Totally power down. Yeah. And power down, especially if you like leave your phone in another room or a locker, like no one in this spa environment wants to hear your phone, you know, going off in a locker that's now locked and yeah. they can't get into it. Yeah. This is everybody's relaxing time. And if you haven't been to a massage and just to say, they will ask you whether you want oil or lotion or not. So mm. I've never had somebody put in case you were like worried about a smell or if you're allergic to something, they'll ask you. Yes. You will definitely be given a lot of choices up top. Man or woman, lotion or oil, type of pressure, et cetera, et cetera. So yes. yes, there will definitely be options, most likely, to sort of curate your massage experience. But I think if you've never had one, I think you should have one. I think uh, you might like it, everybody. So give it a try. Definitely re- it resets. I even sometimes when you have no time, I'll hop into a nail salon and get that 10 minute neck massage. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, there is something to be said for just like a little me time. Yeah. It's just a quickie. Feels good. Loosens you up. Feel refreshed. What more could you want? My face sticks to the little white thing they put on the chair. And I think that's relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> and attractive. <laughs> Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. (laughs) Because as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge (laughs) to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident Mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn, it actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. We're back, and now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! So our first question is, quote, What is the polite way to imbibe the last bit of a drink with a straw? Is it possible? Do we allow slurping? Should it be drunk straight from the glass, or do we leave it? <laughs> this is what I wrote. I wrote, I circled the, or do we leave it? And then I wrote next mm-hmm. to it, oh, let's not leave it. Let's not take <laughs> all the fun out of life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So that's the Leah Bonima answer. Okay. I mean, we're probably with, if we have a straw, if it's a straw drink, we're probably with friends or close family. Okay. Oh, that's a very interesting point. Are we in a formal setting with straws? Usually not. That's true. I can't even think of a formal setting where I've had a straw. Yeah. Like we're not at 11 Madison sipping a Coke. Um, okay. That's a very interesting twist. Had not thought of that. I'm intrigued. <laughs> the first thing <laughs> the first thing I wrote was slurping is super cultural. Like there's definitely places in the world where slurping is totally fine. You're in Japan, you're eating ramen, slurp. Have at it. Show your appreciation to the ramen chef. But in the United States, yeah, we uh, typically don't like to make noise while we eat. Blame the Victorians, but like, that's just not what we do. We don't like bang our fork on the plate. We don't slurp up soup. We just don't make noise. We try and pretend like we're not doing a bodily function at the table. Like that's uh, a lot of table manners. So I think, what do we do? Yeah, what do we do? I have seen people pull the straw out and drink the end. Right. I mean, I'm picturing a milkshake. Like in my head, that's what I'm picturing with this straw beverage and slurping. I'm not picturing like a soda, but I guess it applies to every liquid of all viscosities. Although it's harder to get out the end of a milkshake. Right. And that's why I was like, oh, just leave it. Oh, don't leave it. Don't leave it. But now I'm taking this glass with the milkshake and now I have to not only rotate it up to my (laughs) mouth, but I probably actually have to rotate it up 90 degrees. Yeah, and then it's going to hit your nose. And I have to like wait to have the liquid slide down the glass. And like, that's awkward. Well, maybe then you should just slurp it because who is going (laughs) to leave a milkshake? You got a lovely chocolate milkshake from In-N-Out and you're just going to leave some on the bottom? So I did try practicing different slurping techniques with the straw in advance of our conversation. And I did try different speeds of <laughs> sipping to see like, oh, does that make a difference? Like if I go very slowly and deliberately, like would that make less of a slurping sound? No, it really doesn't. Because the glass, an empty glass actually acts like a microphone, oh. like an amplifying vessel, like a, a guitar resonating this sound wave up it and magnifying it. So it's just like, there's no way to win. I think what you do is you slurp that last and then you make eye contact with people like, oh, whoops. You know what I mean? Just like real <laughs> <Okay>. cute. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I guess your original point, which is that whenever there's a straw, it's probably not super formal. So in that case, I guess uh, have at it. Depending on who you're dining with. If you're having a casual lunch with the boss, then I think we still don't want to slurp. We just leave it. But if we're with family, then okay, I guess. I don't know. I don't love giving permission for this. I know you don't. I know you don't. It makes me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to be like, oh, Nick is such a stickler. He won't even let me slurp my soda. Okay. But I don't know. I think it's that's the delineation. If you're with like a Leah, Mm -hmm. slurp. If you're with a Nick. What if you're dining with both of us? I guess they should wait till you get up to go to the restroom. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's the solution. Great. Our next question is, quote, I went to a new hairstylist for a cut and color. And at the end of the appointment, she asked how I wanted to pay. And she gave me three options, credit card, PayPal, or Apple Pay. But she was running late for the next client. So she said, 
Just friend me on Facebook and I'll send you your total to pay later. I thought this was odd, but figured she must trust me since I'm a friend of a friend and not a total stranger. And of course, I immediately friended her before I even left the salon even, and then nothing. She accepted my friend request, posted a photo of my finished hair to her page, and has even liked and commented on things I posted on Facebook since then. But it's been over a month now and I still haven't paid her. I feel so awkward now. What do I do? Did she forget? Do I reach out and remind her? Am I rude for not paying her or saying something sooner? She did specifically say she would send me my total, and I don't know the cost since it's my first time to her, nor do I know her account names to just send her the money. I hate owing people, and she did do a wonderful job, so I would like to pay her and tip her for her service. What should I do? Um, I underlined, do I reach out and remind her? Yes. Yes. Hey, I love my haircut. Just a reminder, you were going to send me the bill so I can pay you. Let me know. Yeah, that's it. Cut and paste exactly what Leah just said. Yeah, that's perfect. It's non-judgmental. It's value neutral. It's a compliment in there too. Yes, you absolutely need to pay and you absolutely need to follow up. I definitely have people who do work for me who hate invoicing. It's just not their thing. A lot of people just feel very uncomfortable sending invoices. Me personally, I don't leave money on the field. So I am happy (laughs) to uh, let you know you owe me money. But a lot of people don't like that. They feel uncomfortable. And for those people, you just have to keep asking. Like, please send me an invoice. I just want to pay you. And uh, eventually they will. Also, she could, you know, she had somebody coming in at the same time. You were leaving. She might not exactly remember what happened. Uh, I mean, that's possible. Although she did post a photo of this haircut on her Facebook. So, like, she was there for that. No, I mean, she knows that she, you know what I mean? So just remind her. Just remind her. Yeah, that's all it needs. Another thought I had was, if you liked the cut and color, and she did a great job, and it's been more than a month, you might be due for another uh, trim. In which case, ask to just set up another appointment. And then at that appointment in person, you can pay for both. Are people getting their hair cut every month? I mean, I get my hair cut trimmed every two weeks, but. Oh, wow. Got to keep it high and tight. High and tight. Yeah. I'm even going today. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'm four days late. I was supposed to have it the other day. Yeah. He had to reschedule. Anyway. I have to find a new person in Los Angeles because I had somebody who really gave me a whole new relationship with my hair in New York and I stayed with her forever and I got to find somebody new in Los Angeles. I'm sure there's a myriad of choices, but... I mean, with your hair, it's just going to be cheaper and easier to fly back to New York. (laughs) It really is. I should just (laughs) go to New York. That's just the path of least resistance here. (laughs) So anyway, yeah. So just uh, remind... And that's all you need to do. And that's easy peasy. Easy peasy. So our next thing is actually a question from me. And I want to get Leah's take on this and our audience's take on this because it was a little unusual. I'm not sure if I did the right thing. Here it is. And I'll quote myself. So here it is. Quote, we recently received a small gift from one of our listeners, which was super nice. And let's just say her name was Michelle. So I'm about to write her a thank you note. Of course. And I noticed that on the return address, she spelled her name with one L. But on the card inside, she spelled her name with two L's. And the penmanship is very neat, very nice. So it's definitely not a typo. So what is going on here? And what should I have done with my thank you card? My guess Uh is I would go with the spelling in the card. Right. Yes, that feels more correct, right? Yes. But what is going on? Because it's not one of those names like Bobby and Robert, and we've just done like one way in one place and one way in another place. Like 
this is missing a letter, which feels fundamental to how you spell your name. Right. So, all right. So you would use the interior card spelling as the spelling. Because I feel like that's out of the two items, the interior card and the envelope, I feel like the interior card people spend more time on. Okay. All right. So you think maybe it was a typo on the return address. Like they were just writing fast and it was like a, if it was an L, it was like supposed to be like an L squared and they just, or okay. like, you know, how sometimes you're writing on the envelope and there's like a little bump underneath it because you've already put the card in and, you know, maybe her hand skipped or his hand. Uh, well, pause for a moment. You should write the envelope before the card goes in. I'm just saying it happens. I mean, okay. We're going to put that aside for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I did. I wrote the address on my card the way she wrote her address. And I wrote the interior of the card the way she wrote the interior of her card. So I actually spelled it two different ways to mirror the way she did it. I have no idea if that's correct or not, but that was what I chose to do. So I don't know. I don't know if that was right. So she may get this and be like, oh, he spelled my name wrong, but. Uh, I tried. I mean, you did exactly what she did. Right. But if she had a typo, now I have a typo. The other thing I was thinking of doing, but I thought, oh, this is probably even weirder, is to call it out somewhere on my card. Be like, oh, you spelled it this way, this place, and this way, this place. So I'm spelling it this way. Hope it's correct. To acknowledge that maybe I'm spelling your name wrong. But I'm like, oh, that's that. now that's just drawing more attention to this than necessary. And so I thought, oh, let's not do that. But that was also a thought I had. No, I, I can see having that thought. I feel like that's something that I would be like, should I be, should I be saying that I don't know which one it is because she wrote it? <laughs> and then I should actually call you and be like, I'm writing you a note. So could you tell me how to spell your name? <laughs> yes. And then I show up at her house and check the other mail that's in her mailbox. You just yeah. like go through a trash in the back. I mean, maybe she'll hear this and then she'll know how hard you tried. I tried very hard. So yes, if you get a note from me out there and I spelled your name wrong, know that that was not a mistake. I did it because you did it. <laughs> so do you have any questions for us that may be a mistake? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, where you raised by wolves.com, or you can send us a text message or leave us a voicemail, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the book of the month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't <laughs> wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And 
we're back, and now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I'm going to vent. Bring it. I'm ready. So this is actually a callback. Oh. I would like to call back to the time where I was in the washroom. <laughs> Which time? The time when you didn't flush? <laughs> the didn't flush. The that time? <laughs> okay. And you actually brought this up that. Okay. Was it a vent or repent? Because. Right. Yes. I felt so bad. Well, you were shamed. Yes. Publicly shamed. Yeah. And so yesterday I was using a public washroom mm -hmm. and I came in after a woman who it wasn't totally flushed. It was kind of flushed. And I get it because sometimes the flushes aren't strong. It doesn't go all the way down. And so I and then as I dealt with the situation, <laughs> I remembered that I uh -huh. was repentant. And it was at that moment that it hit me. What? kind of a person calls out the person i would never stick my head back out of the bathroom and be like hey did you not know how this works it just hit me in that uh, moment why did i feel bad she's rude um yes yeah yeah no it is very rude to accuse someone of not flushing As in yes. front of other people oh this was uh, when you were shamed before this was in front of other people there was other people in the bathroom oh i don't remember that detail oh that's even worse oh you were publicly shamed yes and i you know oh. i felt ashamed and i was like yes i didn't try hard enough i should have you know worked <laughs> harder but as, as that happened yesterday also, I was like, what's the big deal? Well, I don't think we want to live in a world in which we just decide not to flush. Yeah, but it wasn't not flush. Like there wasn't, you know, <laughs> I just, it really flipped for me yesterday when I was on the other end of it. And I was like, imagine if I stuck my head out of the stall. Yeah, no, that is rude. However, I think we do have an obligation to try our best and to make sure it was successful if possible. I don't think we want to just flush and go and not monitor the situation on the way out. Well, of course. But I think that we should assume that everybody, unless it's like a disaster area, which in neither case it was not. It was obviously okay. somebody had tried, you know? Okay. <laughs> so if I, it's obvious that someone's given it a go. I don't know if you need to like call them out in a bathroom. So I'm switching my old repent to event. Okay. Let the record show. Let the record show. So for me, I would also like to vent. <laughs> so... I am finding myself on a bus in New York City and I'm playing Two Dots, uh, which is one of my favorite games on iPhone. And if you've never played, it's fun. You just like make little squares of dots. It's very addictive. So I'm playing Two Dots and I hear a little sound behind me and it's like a little spritz sound. I'm like, oh, you know, somebody's like Purelling their hands. Okay, fine. And I go back to Two Dots and then I start to smell something and it's like, oh, that's someone's cologne. Okay, that's a bold choice. A little cologne on the bus. Uh, all right. But then the scent gets stronger and stronger. And I'm pretty confident it was Dior Fahrenheit, which <laughs> is one of the strongest scents one can buy. I think it's the strongest scent of the market. I'm just going to say that. And if you're not familiar, it was like very hot in the late 80s. Picture like people taking a break from selling junk bonds on Wall Street to go have a power lunch at Lutece and they're wearing Dior Fahrenheit. So it's that. <laughs> it is very much that. And this scent got so strong. You know when a scent gets so strong, your eyes start to water and you start to worry if it's carcinogenic. Yes. Like it was that. I had to relocate. It was a crowded bus. I had to like excuse myself past 40 people to get way to the other end. And it was really intense. It was really intense. And it's the type of scent that you can still smell. Like the molecules get on your clothing. 
like they attached themselves. And so for hours later, I could still smell it on my shirt. And it was like, oh, that's really intense. So just as a reminder, in case we need this reminder, like, please do not spray cologne on public transportation. Like, just let's not do that, everybody. Let's, uh, let's not. Especially if it's a scent from the 80s. <laughs> It's so intense and it gets stuck in your nose and then you're just with it all day. So, ugh. Very good, Ben. Also a great PSA for anybody who just doesn't realize how intense cologne is. Yes, maybe you don't realize this was an innocent mistake. Uh, you know, no judgment. Just don't do it again. I have a friend that wears such intense cologne that when he's near me, if he like goes in to hug me or something, it gets in my nose and then I feel like I can't feel my upper lip for like an hour. It's so much. <laughs> Whoa, what scent is that? I don't know what scent it is, but it's like, woo! With numbing agents. <laughs> yeah, so you were like, I think my tongue is swelling. This is out of control. So, Leah, what have we learned? I don't know if I'm going to recover from learning that monkeys don't eat bananas in the wild. It's true, yes. You have been lied to by children's books. <laughs> Curious George? deceit. I can't. It's blowing my mind. And I learned that at a dinner party that involves milkshakes, Leah's going to be way more fun than I am. <laughs> well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. Find your address. It's in a handwritten note on my custom stationery. He will. I will. So if you're homework this week, I want you to follow us on social media. That's your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, and then share us with everybody you know. We would love it. We would. So please do that. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. I want to switch my Cordial of Kindness from a person to, this week I just really wanted to say shout out to nature. <laughs> Broad. I feel like I'm very, I am always feel so grateful for nature, but I wanted, and I wanted to voice that because I just love being able to go walk outside and in the trees and I'm just always so... It's so amazing, and I love nature, and I just want to say I'm very grateful for nature. Okay. I mean, I don't think that's what this is, uh, this segment. <laughs> I don't but... think so either, but I'm just overwhelmed by it, so I just had okay. to say it out loud. We'll let it slide. And for me, we got a lovely note, which is, quote, My husband, nine-year-old son, and I just took a five-and-a-half-hour drive to go camping, and we listened to your podcast the entire drive, round trip. Before long, we were all singing the theme song, Howling along with Leah and saying together with Nick, our next question is, quote, <laughs> my husband said he could drive across the country listening only to this show, and I totally agree. Thanks, Nick and Leah, for this important and entertaining show that's perfect for all ages. You guys are simply the best. That is so nice. Isn't that nice? So thank you for that. That makes our day. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives. Then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. 
Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm-hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. Okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 